This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hello, my name is Linda Tuck Chapman. I'm president of Antella Performance Solutions. I'm an advisor, an educator, an author, and an expert in third-party risk management. You can read my book, Third-Party Risk Management, Driving Enterprise Value, published by Risk Management Association and available on Amazon. Or you can visit uh, SIG University to find out information about my certified third-party risk management professional program. But what I want to speak with you today is about raising the bar on information and cybersecurity risk management practices. Effective management of cyber and information security risks was once defined by establishing strong internal controls that protect your company's perimeter, such as a firewall, and controlling access to network systems and data, and of course encryption. Now, these are very fundamental to cyber and information security, but really they're table stakes today. They're kind of an outdated way of thinking about cyber and information security risk management in a world where digitization has has created deep, deep pools of valuable data. These tools simply are not enough protection in a world where consumers' rights for confidentiality and privacy are codified in laws that don't contemplate the ability of your legacy systems, your multiple databases, extensive engagement, and integration with third parties in order to comply. And it certainly doesn't factor in the risks associated with extensive use of cloud solutions and technologies such as the Internet of Things, robotic process automation and learning machines, digital workers, etc. So to top all this off, there's also the looming specter of quantum computing, which I understand will blast right through even the strongest encryption. So if you look at the 2008 survey that was published by Deloitte on CEO and board risk management, uh, they look at cyber risk reports, and which are often focused on technical details and technological risks. But CEOs and board members could really benefit for, uh, from being more engaged in cyber risk reporting and assurance that focuses more on the business risks and impacts. Now, news about data breaches is so common that it's hard to stay on top of uh, of anything that your company or which companies have been breached today, whether yours or your company's personally identifiable information was stolen, and what you should do next. So I'd like to cite a 2018 research study that Ponemon Institute published on behalf of IBM. The average total cost of a data breach is $3.86 million. The average cost for each lost record was $148. And the global probability on average for a material breach for any company over the next 24 months is about 25%, being higher in South Africa and lower in Germany. And the time to identify a breach was a staggering 197 days, with a mean uh, time to contain the breach of 69 days. So uh, if you do contain your breach, though, you can certainly save your costs a bit, and that's always a good thing. But basically, aside from the escalating cost to remediate information security and cyber breaches, many companies have come to truly recognize that their data is actually a valuable asset that they really need to control, mine, harvest, and leverage in order to create value. And one way of sharpening the focus on this is uh, I've seen many companies invest in the chief data officer who's responsible for data integrity, data governance, and controls. And once they get their arms around the, the role and any serious control deficiencies, any strategic CDO will turn their attention to creating measurable value. One obvious early win is an immediate hard dollar savings derived from creating a single source of truth done on a tranche by tranche uh, basis or business by business uh, segment. And data mining can be used to uncover opportunities 
opportunities and new sources of revenue. And those benefits can far, far exceed the hard dollar savings. So you put it all together and the payback period for a CDO uh, team is actually pretty short. So I'm going to just talk a little bit about some of the ways you can protect data assets. Uh, in doing so, you protect your customers, your operations, your profitability, and your reputation. Number one, you just have to have a complete inventory of your protected and sensitive data and complete transparency over where it is and who has access to it and why. Simple to say, but exceptionally difficult to do without tight controls over your information assets. And so you don't have to do this right away. The first thing I would do is actually, you know, really trying to nail down your controls around uh, who has access to the transparency into which stage in the life cycle the data is in, how will it be accessed, uh, transmitted, stored, destroyed, etc. And these things you can do right away before you actually wrap your arms around the assets because the assets part are going to take some time. And so just to explain it, the different stages of data I've talked about are, you know, transmitted, stored, destroyed, et cetera. There are different controls you need for each, and I, I, I won't go into a lot of detail right now. But one simple rule of thumb is once you know where your data is, you have to limit the access on a need-to-know basis. That's for your employees and your third parties, regardless of the stage of the data. And then once that's been established, you need to make sure that, that, that your company and the third parties cancel individual access within 24 hours if an employee changes jobs or leaves the company. So uh, we all know about encryption, so I won't go into that. But data corruption and data loss is a huge concern. And part of that is, uh, you know, if you have one good source of truth for the data, you also need to consider the, all the other versions and iterations of the data and how to bring it back into a single source of truth, protect it and control it. And you know that all the data is backed up. So it's very equally important to assess the control environment for the backup process, especially if it's by a third party, where and how the data is stored and what eventually happens to it. So uh, I do want to talk about some new partnerships and technologies because they, of course, uh, present their own risks, especially if you're engaged in uh, third party as a service. And that's kind of more and more common. In these cases, your company is very reliant on the third party's control environment, and you expect to be commensurate with your own, which is often a stretch. So ensuring the right compensating controls, oversight, and monitoring is in place is quite essential to protecting your data assets and your reputation. So I'll touch very lightly on some new technologies. Robotic process automation and machine learning solutions in some ways can reduce your information security risk. Hey, digital workers never lose their passwords. On the other hand, these solutions may increase your cyber risk because the third party rarely appreciates the fine details of their client's control environments across the spectrum, and they often rush these new solutions to market. Additionally, I'm not going to touch too much on it today, but think about the model risk because this is little understood in these new technologies, especially the black box solutions that include machine learning capabilities. So continuous monitoring is still pretty elusive, but there are some great solutions on the market. These companies can monitor the dark web and your third parties and your own company and provide instant alerts where there's a high probability of an attack or if one has already occurred. The downside of this solution is that they're kind of expenses because they're, if it's for a third party, they're on a per third party basis and they make them expensive to deploy across a large portfolio. So your company may be able to withstand a breach and might have deep enough pockets to recover fully, but there's quite a few new studies on the market valuing a, co a company's reputation. So according to the 2018 Reputation Dividend Report, corporate reputation is now directly responsible for an average of 38% of market capitalization across, uh, across Fortune 150 companies. That's a lot, 38%. 
So as we know, building a reputation takes time. And according to Warren Buffett, it takes about 20 years. So uh, are your information assets, uh, your information and cybersecurity practices putting your company at risk or protecting them? Something to think about. So once again, I'm Linda Tuck Chapman. You can reach me at lindatuckchapman.com or at 416-452-4635. Love to hear your comments. Thanks for listening.